0: First John chapter two. I've uh, okay. Let's see what I've got here. I got a little bit extra time, and I may just very well need it. So, get buckled in. It could be a bumpy ride. We have looked so far in 1 John on I know that I know. We have looked at sin is such a deception. And we've looked at last week an advocate with the Father. Today we're going to look at a right spirit. This is so beneficial. So basic. But so, so, so beneficial. Beneficial. How many notice noticed my, uh, yeah, that's going to help me preach this sermon? Okay. 1 John chapter 2. It says uh, verse 7 through 14, but uh, I think I'll keep 14 for next week, so let's go 7 through 13. I told, uh, I told them wrong on that. I told Teresa wrong. 1 John 2, starting with verse 7. Brethren. I write no new commandment unto you but an old commandment which you have from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which we have heard from the beginning. A new commandment I write unto you which thing is true in him and in you because the darkness is passed and the true light now shines. He that says he's in the light hates his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loves his brother abides in the light and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and knows not which way he's going because that darkness has blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the father." Lord, we're asking and praying, God, in all different various stages of our Christian experience and our Christian life, whether it's young, whether it's middle-aged, whether it's older, help us, dear God, to keep this as something embedded within our spirit, that we're to have a right spirit. And God, I am praying that this would be a sermon, and not just a sermon, but a message, Lord, from you, That penetrates down to the depths of each one of our souls and being in Jesus name amen in Psalms chapter 5 David writes let all those that put their trust in God rejoice let them forever shout for joy it says let all all means all and that's all that it means it doesn't say just let the Pentecostals shout. It doesn't say, just let the Charismatics shout. No, it doesn't say that. Let all those that put their trust in God rejoice. Let them forever shout for joy. How many of you here is here put your trust in God? You should be a shouting bunch of people today. <laughs> oh, well, preacher, that's not my personality. I forgot, let me read this again. Let all those that put their trust in God, let them rejoice, let them forever shout for joy. Bert, thank you very much. Don't scare me like that. (laughs) Now, verse number 12. You're to do that Unless, this is verse number 12 kicking in, unless you have a shy personality type. How many think that's what it says? No, that's not what it says. See, people have bought into the lie that they can just use their personality type just to get out of anything and everything. Oh, no, preacher, that's just not not my personality. I would would raise my hands to God, and I would clap my hands to God, but the church where I was brought up in never did that, so therefore, I'm I'm trying to find the the verse, and I can't find it, where it says, let all those that trust in God shout unto God, except if you went into a church where they didn't do that, (laughs) except If at one time your personality was just a shy, uh, wallflower type of personality, and then God said, oh, that lets you off the hook. No, 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 no. I've seen it happen not a few times, not a dozen times. I've seen it happen hundreds of times in this church. To where somebody maybe from a church background that is more staid and more laid back to where they get into the church, they get into a service, and, and, and they're, they're, they're doing this just, you know, look, looking side to side. And then they get a little more comfortable, and, and, then, and, then, and then they're doing this. And then a little more comfortable, and then they're doing this. And then for all those with the Baptist background, and then you get a little more comfortable, and now you're like Justine Loker, and she's doing like this. (laughs) She's went from... (laughs) And again, the idea that you can use your personality type to somehow uh, excuse you from doing what God, his word commands us to do. Oh, I'm just not that fanatical. Maybe you should be. And here's the, here it gets right down to the message. A right spirit is this. Most children are excitable. And the older you got, the less excitable you have become. Well, now it goes from, well, it's just not the the church background I have or it's just not my personality to where now it's, well, I'm just getting old and long in the tooth. And I don't see that anywhere in the Bible. I see on the contrary-wise of that, Caleb, as a man that's 80 years of age, saying, Moses promised me the mountain. We're now going into that area. And he says, give me that mountain. I don't care who's living on it. I'm taking the mountain. That's at 80 years of age. Don't shout me down driving into Newton, Illinois, here a while back, and their sign says, catch the spirit, live the dream. I really like that. I want to live my life like that. Catch the spirit, live the dream. And I'm not like about to let the devil cheat me out and sell me a bill of goods because, well, you're getting older and maybe you started to just kind of, you know, tamp it down just a little bit. That's a lie. Don't listen to that. How should you act in church? I want to cue you in. Go to a basketball game and get a clue. Get a clue. Oh, I'm going to get really excited at a basketball game because there might be a first time guest at the basketball game that's never experienced a basketball game. And if I would get really crazy, he would think basketball is crazy nobody ever thinks that way. And that will do that every time when it comes to church. Uh, oh, I don't know, it's probably been a month ago, I went and visited Dale and Sharon Reese's granddaughter in the hospital, Mallory. And her, her mom was there, Tony, and also her aunt was there, uh, Aunt Vicky. And Vicki, while she was there, she was cutting out some things for a birthday party. And I asked her at the end of when I was getting ready to go. I don't want to be real forward or anything, but this is what she was cutting out for the birthday party. I said, could I have one of those? And she said, well, I don't know, I guess. What do you want it for? I said, a sermon illustration. Oh, yeah, you can have it. <laughs> and I've been practicing with this, but it's just hardly, it's just, it, it just kind of a guess on how it's going to work out. The earth went all the way around. <clears throat> I want to have <laughs> and keep a childlike spirit in my life, amen. amen. God never calls his people students. He never calls them scholars. He never calls them academics. He never calls them a lot of different things, but he calls them over and 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 over, 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 my children. Amen. And the Bible never tells us to be childish, but it does tell us to be childlike. In this book, in First John, there is a contrast between the new commandment and the old commandment, between light and dark, between love and hate, between fellowship and non-fellowship. And let me tell you, cut right to the chase, as a, as a Christian, if you think you can live this by yourself, you cannot. God never intended us to live this by ourselves. We need fellowship. We need community. And there's a contrast between a right spirit and a wrong spirit. In the Christian life, we have two relationships going. One is vertical to God. The other is horizontal, fellow man. Somebody told me one time, I'd pastor if it wasn't for all the people. Well, <laughs> goes back to this part right here. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, and we know who Moses looked like. He looked just like Charlton Heston. When he came down from Mount Sinai, he had two tablets or tables of stone. And you say, well, yeah, there were five on this side and five on that side. Probably not. There was four on this side and there was six on the other side. And the reason why, the first four commandments is our relationship with him. The next six commandments is our relationship with one another. Oh, to live above with those we love will be glory. But to live down below with those we know, now that's another story. (laughs) There's also a contrast between saying and doing. And one of my favorite verses is in Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Of all that Jesus began to say and to do. I love that. Because it's just not the saying, nor is it just the doing. Of all that Jesus began to say and to do. The pastor that is too afraid, or too good, or too proud, To get his hands dirty in ministry, that's the wrong guy as pastor. Let me illustrate. Paul the apostle, who has already written two-thirds of this New Testament, is stranded on an island, shipwrecked. And what does he do? The Bible said he is out picking up sticks for a fire. This is the most important Christian person on the planet. And what Paul could have said was, oh, no, I don't do sticks. (laughs) An underling can do that. But don't you know that I've wrote two-thirds of the New Testament? No, he didn't act like that at all. Of all that Jesus both began to do and to teach... There is a doing part, and there is a teaching part. And any person, again, that thinks they're too good for that, that's the wrong, wrong, wrong person. It gets back to this idea of the, the ministry meaning, oh, the clergy. Yay. The laity. boo. Don't find that in the Bible. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. Oh, no, the preacher, is much too important to get out and about and be amongst the people because, well, you know, preacher, I heard a guy tell me this one time. I was sitting right in Applebee's, right across the table from me, and he's telling me, oh, well, brother, I don't know how you do it, but how I do it, for every minute I preach, I've studied an hour. If I preach 45 minutes, I've studied 45 hours. And I said, I can assure you, I don't do it that way. Because if I spent 45 hours on a sermon, I wouldn't have time to do anything else. And you know what I really believe? And I found this out to be true. You may forget a sermon I preach. You'll never forget if I go visit you in the hospital. And on that note, ladies, don't ever expect a phone call beforehand that I'm gonna go visit you in the hospital. It will not happen. I don't care what the visitation manual tells a pastor to do. Oh, you must, you must call ahead and let them know that you're... No, I don't. <laughs> because if I called ahead, you would say, Oh, no, would you please come another day? You know why I would know that? Because, well, my hair's not done, my makeup's not done, my, this is not done, and I don't look quite right. I, no, I just show up unexpected is what I do. All right. And on that note... If you make a hospital visit, call and let the church know. Don't get mad because somebody from the church didn't go visit you. You called your doctor and let him know you was there. Call the church. (laughs) Oh, man. Say another thing. And this is part of the, just you know, here, there, and yon on this sermon. It'd be helpful for every preacher... Once they graduate college or having not went to college, either or, to get them a secular job and have to work hard like everybody else before they ever preach the sermon. Amen. Jesus was known as Jesus the carpenter before he was ever known as Jesus the rabbi and the teacher. Amen. Amen. Now, here's another hodgepodge on this sermon. It's for the young people. Thought of this this week. Proverbs chapter 23. Don't let your heart envy sinners. Don't be envious of Lady Gaga, all right? (laughs) Anybody that's willing to go somewhere with meat hanging all over, that woman is a nut job. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't be envious of evildoers sin will make you old before your time Amen. now there are levels of maturity little children, young men, fathers and here's what I believe with every level you can keep a right spirit Amen. Niall and Ashley Musgrave their oldest son, Landis. This probably happened a month and a half ago. It was on a Wednesday night. They was practicing music before the service. Ashley was on the keyboard. And I know I'm getting past my mark. Right here's the, the line of demarcation. <laughs> the Maginot line right here. And, and, oh, you step across it, then you, you go dark, and we can't really see you real good look right here and you'll be able to track me (laughs) and on a Wednesday night as practice time was over and he came running up and ran up on the stage and his mom is there on the keyboard and she's Landis Landis and he reaches over and he does this she goes no don't do that (laughs) I smiled real big when I seen that because the day before I'd done the same thing. <laughs> What's that feel like? What's that like? Keeping a a and this is the thing, the older you get, the less filled with wonderment you become and that's too bad. That doesn't have to happen. I think if we keep a right spirit, and a right spirit is much like Naaman's servant girl in the Old Testament where Naaman, the the master, is dying of leprosy, and and this woman, this young teenage girl had been ripped from her home in Israel and now is living in another country. She has been stolen and now lives in another country, and the person that owns her is dying of cancer, and she could have said, good, he's getting what he deserves. You know what she said? Would to God, Naaman went to my country because there was a prophet there that could heal him. That's a right spirit. Amen. Well, you don't know what they did to me, preacher. Ain't nobody stole you and took you into another country yet, have they? Ouch. David writes in Psalms 51, renew a right spirit within me. Why did he pray that? Because he had a wrong spirit. A wrong spirit had crept into his life. In the season when kings go forth to battle, David didn't do that. He stayed home. And here's what I am convinced of. A wrong spirit will lead to wrong living. Thank you for that's right and King David could testify of that fact a wrong spirit led to wrong living. Are you pulling away from God's work? Could be a wrong spirit. Are you pulling away from what God's called you to do? Could be a wrong spirit. Are you pulling away from jobs you used to do in Orchardville Church? Could be a wrong spirit. Let's illustrate this. I need help. There are going to be people that are going to come up here and sit in these chairs. Right now. another chair, get another chair, let me tell you what I've come across and I can't tell you all of them, good grief, we'd be here forever, and I got a football game to watch later on today, so I got to, <laughs> I have in the past, they was a uh, after the service was over, a person came up to me and said, You know, so and so, during the praise and worship time, he was back in the back and he was standing there and he was throwing his grandson up in the air. Well, that just kind of ticked me off when I heard that. So I give him a phone call. I said, Is this true? Well, yeah, maybe I well is it true. Well, yeah, yeah, it's true. And that just, got, that just got me going. And I, the Bible says, speak the truth in love. I did this in a, in a right spirit, the rightest spirit that I could, could muster up at that time. And I said, well, not only that, but you know, I'm sick how you treat women at Orchardville Church. Well, no, wait a minute. I said, wait a minute, nothing. You got a wrong spirit, buddy. Well, I never had a preacher talk to me like that. And I said, you're long overdue. (laughs) Does he come to church here? No, he took his wrong spirit and went to somebody else, and he's causing somebody else grief right now. I'm pretty certain about that. Having a wrong spirit or a right spirit... Here's what I've seen during preaching time. Somebody looking at their bulletin, and I'll just get right down to it as well. It used to be, I've seen this more often in Sunday school curriculum, or I've seen it even (gasps) with the Bible. They hadn't read the Bible all week long, and the 25 minutes that I'm trying to speak into you that's when you choose to ignore me and read your Bible. If it's anything, it's disrespectful. And the worst is it's a, it's a wrong and rotten spirit. Me in Short, and isn't this baby beautiful? <laughs> Although every baby when they're born looks like FDR, but uh, that's another thing. That was a Seinfeld deal right there. <laughs> Me and Short Sledge was over in a revival. Oh, it's been back a year ago. And in the course of that revival, we go from in the hearing someone in the back to where the kid goes from from bawling to laughing. During the altar service. And I was there visiting. I ain't got no control over that whatsoever. None whatsoever. So, just whatever they wanted to let happen, that's what they let happen. If they wanted it to be a circus, it was up to them. And that's what they did. They let it just be a circus. Oh, you can't say anything because it might offend the person with the baby. That could be true. But let me look at it another way. What about the other 25 people that's sitting around them that's really trying to hear but can't? I think it shows a wrong spirit. The couple that will not listen, but are lovey-dovey, ooey-gooey, <laughs> what it shows is a wrong spirit. Let me tell you, and I know this is a, girl, a, a, a real cool thing right now anymore, to where, where uh, you have your, they have their little table set out and four chairs, and that, the whole sanctuary is set up like that. Listen. This sanctuary will never be your kitchen. It will never be your living room. It will never be your bedroom. It's a sanctuary. For we come to learn. And there have been times to when I've had to, it just bugs me. I'll just tell you, it bugs me, and it shows the wrong spirit. Instead of really listening to what's going on, she's got her head laid over on his shoulder and, He's doing this and playing with her hair, and it's a wrong spirit. Or you got this clown here playing his, uh, what is that called, where they do, huh, no, what's the game? Angry Birds, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you got the guy here with his arms crossed and he's just mad. He's mad at something. Never mind, the preacher done 194 things that he really liked. The preacher done one thing and that just flipped him off and he's so mad. <laughs> and rolling his eyes. <laughs> <You> there? <clears throat> mm hmm. And I've seen it, I've just, (sighs) (laughs) and the person that just can't help, can't help from just, it's all, thank God you don't snore, but it's just, (sighs) (sighs) well preacher, I'm bored. Yes, you're bored, but the reason is you're boring. That's the reason you're bored, because <laughs> you're boring. And a preacher, I just don't know if I'm just going kind of too far on this. I don't know about this stuff. I, I mean, come on. You can't really tell on the outside what's going on on the inside. Now, listen. You silly about other things, too, or just about this? They've got whole programs anymore on TV about body language. Yeah. Right. Right. You're on Vandersloot, the guy that is now going to serve 28 years in a Peruvian prison for killing that girl from Peru, and we all know he got away with murder in killing Natalie Holloway in Aruba. I have yet to hear that one word come out of that guy's mouth. But I know there is a man with a wrong spirit. I have never in my life seen a more sullen Acting person at whatever time I see him on the screen, and I think wrong attitude and wrong spirit leads to wrong living. Yeah. Nothing better in life than a right spirit, it will carry you a long way. Not the spirit of, oh, I already know it all, what can you tell me? Not the spirit of, I'm cynical and I'm just not going to believe or trust anything. Not the spirit of, I already know it all. Not the spirit of, it's good time to catch a nap while this boring guy's preaching right now. It's the wrong spirit. Wrong spirit. It's the wrong spirit. That's a wrong spirit. Three outstanding young men in the Old Testament. Anybody want to name them? Joseph, I heard that one. David, David, I heard that one. Mm, We don't know enough about him. Old Testament. That's probably a pretty good one. Who said the Samuel? Somebody else said another one. Eli. Who else? Who? Joshua, we probably don't know enough about him. Daniel. Daniel. And we can probably name Shadrach, Meshach, and off the bed we go. <laughs> so there would be numerous, but let's, let's stick with three. And have you got my drift on quit playing with that baby's cap? <laughs> huh? And I'll tell you one more thing on this, I might as well while I'm here. And this goes to Centralia, I'm not over there to be able to bark at you. This goes over at Fairfield, I'm not over there to be able to bark at you. But for crying out loud, and that's what Grandma Dorothy's saying there, for crying out loud. If you bring your baby into the sanctuary and the baby starts crying, take the baby out. Help me in this thing of spreading the gospel. Help me, help me. Help me. Well, I've never heard a preacher's talk like this. Well, you probably haven't. All right. Give them all a round of applause. They've done good. Thank you all. <clears throat> Daniel, in the book of Daniel... Chapter 6 says, Daniel was preferred above presidents and above princes because he had an excellent spirit. I like that. Proverbs says, your gift will make room for you. And I've seen that happen numerous times. And it's always the person with a good spirit that seems like that God makes room for their gift. You don't have to come in knocking people out of the way so you can get up on stage. You don't have to do that. There was a guy sitting right back there, one service. He came right up to me, and I was sitting right over here. During the praise time, he came right up to me, and he said, I've got a word from God for Orchardville Church. And I looked over at him, and I said, I don't know who you are. That don't matter. I've got a word from God for Orchardville Church. I said, I've got a word for you, Go back to your seat. Well, he never came back. You say, preacher, you should let him say, well, are you nuts? I didn't know him from anybody. And the Bible says, know them that labor among you. And that guy in the very first service, without knowing anybody here, was just going to step in and take over. You know what that shows me that he had? A wrong spirit. You know what a wrong spirit is? The opposite of a right spirit. Think of Joseph. If anyone could say, I have a right to have a wrong spirit, it would have been Joseph. His brothers let him down, literally. His brothers sold him out, literally, And yet, he kept a right spirit. Joseph was not easily offended. The husband that gets up and says to his wife, I want two eggs today. One scrambled, one fried. She brings them to him and he says, you scrambled the wrong one. (laughs) That's a wrong spirit. Psalms 119, great peace have they which love your law and nothing shall offend them. Hallelujah to that. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. I like that, I like that, I like that. David had a right spirit when he approached the lion the bear and Goliath. David had a right spirit when King Saul was trying to kill him. David had a right spirit when he could have killed King Saul and didn't. David had a right spirit when Samuel anointed him to be king over all of Israel. He had a right spirit. Now, one more verse and we're going to close. Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. Hear this real close. Herod will seek to destroy the young child. Mary and Joseph bundled up Jesus, took him from Bethlehem to Egypt, just like the Bible said would happen. And on the way, they protected Jesus from wild beasts, They protected Jesus from snakes. They protected Jesus from Herod. The enemy sought to destroy the little child. I read that and I thought of the little child that lives right in here. The enemy wants to seek and destroy the little child Lives right in here. The enemy wants to make me a grumpy old man, and I refuse to let that happen. I laugh more now than I laughed five years ago, and I do that on purpose. You can tell me a joke, and it ain't even funny, and I go ahead and laugh. I'm laughing. Oh, well, no, preacher. You don't know what they've done to me. You don't know how they treated me. It is up to you whether you have a right spirit or not. In concentration camps, there were men and women that were mistreated the point to where most of them were killed but it was up to them and I read an article one time about a man that kept a right spirit he said every day I tied my shoes every day I combed my hair every day I did whatever I could to make myself look presentable in a concentration camp he said they was not going to steal my spirit from me thank God for that thank God for that Let it happen. Don't let it happen. Young people don't sit out there and and just, oh, yeah, you you just sit on your face. Oh, I just can't wait till it's done. Old people don't be that way either. Good night. I could preach an hour just for the spite of it, but I don't do it. (laughs) But just. It's awful. It's awful. I know grumpy old Christian men, and I know grumpier old Christian women. <laughs> and it's up to each and every one of us to decide what we're going to be in this life. And I refuse to allow the devil to steal the little child that lives within me. I love playing games, I love winning games. It just, oh, the person that says, oh, I don't care if I win or lose. Well, you're not on my team then. (laughs) I am, I was debating whether to go or not, but I've decided I'm going, and we're supposed to go bowling, and I'm not a good bowler, and yet I get... Suckered into these kind of things, and and I already know the handwriting on the wall because it's already happened to me before, and I don't bowl enough to be any good at it. So, but Justine Loker, here I'm going to (laughs) prophesy. This is how this is going to go down. We're going to go bowling. And it's not head-to-head. It's not me and Justine. And I'm, you know, oh, God, let her fall down. And <laughs> it's not like that. But here's what will happen. She gets out. She gets her bag and does in her ball. And the ball matches her shoes. And the shoes matches her socks. <laughs> and we've, all, we've been through this. <clears throat> And we bowl that first time and I'm thinking, man, she's just a pretty salty bowler. And I, I didn't know she could bowl and I, beforehand I'm saying, you're going down. There's no way you can beat me. Ain't no woman beat me in bowling. Now how stupid is that? Say <laughs> <Hey> that. <there. laughs> and we pack up and get ready to leave out of that place and the owner of the bowling alley looks over at Justine and says, good to see you again, Justine. Come back thinking, I've been hustled. (laughs) The owner knows who she is. But I love playing games. I love winning games. I love playing jokes on people. And I love going over and touching that Christmas tree. And I ain't going to let the pressures of this church, I ain't going to let any griping from any any individual, and I ain't going to let the enemy himself steal the little boy that lives in here. I'm going to, yeah, thank you. Mm. Orchardville Church, let's keep a right spirit. And you can do that. It's up to each and every one of us. You can do that. You can keep a right spirit. Let's all stand. Father, we're thankful, dear God, for the opportunity to be able to preach your gospel to your people. And Lord, I am praying this day that perhaps there's someone here that they need to make a public confession of you. They need to say, Lord, right now, I am like a child. I am coming before you. Right now, as a child, as a little child, and your word says that you will not forbid that person. You will invite them on in. So God, as a little child, I am fully expecting that people receive you just like that you have told us to as a child. As a child that comes to his dad. I'm believing that to happen here this morning. And Lord, to every Christian person that, God, they want to renew this within their life. Or they feel that that's waning within them. They can feel old age and grumpiness creeping into that sphere within their life when that childlike spirit ought to be there. And that fun and games ought to be there. But God, they feel themselves losing that and that slipping away. God, let something brand new be birthed within them today. In your name we're praying, Lord Jesus. Amen.
1: sins. Punishment that brought us peace was upon Him By His wounds, by His wounds we are healed He was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our sins Punishment that brought us peace was upon Him His words we are healed We are healed By your sacrifice By the life that you gave We are healed For you paid the price By your grace We are saved. saved. He was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our sins. Punishment that brought us peace was upon him by his word. was pierced for our transgressions, worshiped for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him. And by His words, and by His words we are healed. We are healed by your sacrifice. In the life that you gave We are healed for you Paid the price and By your grace we are saved We are saved He was pierced for our transgression. Rushed for our sins, the punishment that brought us peace was upon Him, by His wounds, by His wounds we are healed. In the life that you gave, we are healed for you, praise. By your grace, we are saved. We are healed by your sacrifice, oh, in the life that you gave. We are healed for you, paid the price, and by your grace we are saved, we are saved.